0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the More From Law Podcast. I'm your host, Harry Clark. This episode features Ali Obeid, a future trainee solicitor at White & Case and YouTube content creator at The Fleet Talks. In this episode, we discuss Ali's journey through the application process and the tips he'd give to applicants, as well as how you can get started creating your own content online and on LinkedIn. Let's get into it. So hi Ali, thanks so much for coming on the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Harry. Thanks.
0: It's an absolute pleasure and uh, I remember that we first met through LinkedIn and that's what we're talking about today, LinkedIn for lawyers. And uh, it's been absolutely great to see all the content you've been putting out and how you've been helping students and things. So um, uh, thanks so much for coming on. I'm hoping this is going to be a really insightful episode and um, something that I think uh, students and lawyers generally don't tend to think about or at least utilize in the right right way, which is kind of getting on LinkedIn and using it as a platform. But before we get too much into that, a nice little icebreaker question that I like to ask people uh, when they come to the show is uh, what was your main reason for wanting to get into the profession? of law and uh, what's your sort of background today for those who haven't had the opportunity to to hear from you yet
1: yeah well for me personally um it first started when i actually met an individual Mm -hmm. and um, i met this person through a social mobility program and um, this person's older than me but they come from a similar background to Mm -hmm. me and um it's a low well i come from a lower socioeconomic single parent family Mm -hmm. and um when i met this person they discussed you know they were just trying to give me some mentorship and Tell me about the different industries. There are, you know, different corporate industries. And at this time I was, I believe I was in year 13. So just towards the end of my A-levels, mm-hmm. just when I was about to start LSE. So everything was exciting. I wanted to do hundred and one different things. <laughs> um, and um, so this person told me about their interest in corporate law and why they've chosen corporate law. And um, it really inspired me to apply to open days once I enter uni. So I started LSE, I applied to the open days. I really liked them. Mm-hmm. So I applied to vacation schemes as well in my second year, and I got on uh, the Freshfields and White & Case tax schemes. Um, And I I just saw how lawyers were working on big deals, understanding how businesses operate on a much larger scale within a legal framework, and you know how they advise clients to comply in efficient ways. And I just wanted to be a part of it, so um, here I am today, and I'm a future trainee at White & Case. So that's really how it started. And that's the timeline. Yeah,
0: that's awesome, man. And uh, no, it's great that you kind of go from that journey of trying open days and then through to VAC schemes and then to where you are now. It's just that kind of, Gradual process of learning about what training contracts all about and getting that experience, which um, I'm sure we'll get onto. But sure. first and foremost, LinkedIn. I know that's where you're, uh, a lot of your activity is based, and um, you've been showing some great content o- over the last few months or so with students about everything from commercial awareness to just going through your kind of um, your pathway to where- law today and overcoming that sort of um, adversity and-, and coming from different backgrounds and things. So. When you were kind of thinking about that first time you got on the platform, I guess, and you started thinking, "I'm going to start making content." What was that like? Was it a kind of, you know, wake up one day and just tried to do it, or was it more of a kind of slow, slow burner realization that this was a platform you could really utilize? What was what was the sort of reasoning there?
1: Hmm, That's an interesting question because um, the main spark, which actually threw me onto LinkedIn, was my interest in recruiting people for my news page. So um, I initially had a news page on social media and. You know, it was going really, really well when we reached over 2,000 subscribers. It was really good. And um, I basically used LinkedIn as the platform to recruit writers because students are continuously and progressively joining LinkedIn because it's an, it's an incredible platform. As you mm-hmm. know, the algorithms are very favorable mm-hmm. to people who, you know, get a lot of, um, you know, a lot of interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I tried that, I saw how LinkedIn allows You know, it uses to reach different audiences and target Mm markets. So I just used it for myself after. So I started writing posts about my experiences and the application process. Um, I even made videos Mm -hmm. giving advice. And, um, you know, it was just like a a mini YouTube type of thing. But the reach was significantly better than YouTube because LinkedIn is is far less saturated than YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just tried to make relatable content which people would then like, share, comment. And, um, you know some videos I would get around seventy uh, to hundred thousand views mm. you know with some of my posts, so like literally nearly six figure views um and that's always fantastic when you're wanting to build your brand right yep. so um I guess, I guess that's just how it started.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I, I like to pick up on a point you kind of said about how the algorithms and the, and the kind of, I guess, purpose by net, uh, networking on LinkedIn is so different in that, you know, you share a piece of content or you, you try to outreach with, connect with one person and it goes along with their network yeah. and you meet so many other people. So um, I know that I've had the opportunity to meet some incredible people from all over the world, just through LinkedIn that I would never have had the opportunity to do before. And I'm guessing you've had similar experiences, right? Of just coming across these amazing individuals.
1: Yeah, for sure. 100%. Um, it's, it's the, it's the principle of LinkedIn. So if you like a post, mm-hmm. it's, it just pops up on, on, on your connections timeline, mm-hmm. right? So as you said, it's really easy to meet incredible individuals that you probably wouldn't have access to or you, you wouldn't have a connection to them without LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd imagine that if I was doing this purely on YouTube, I wouldn't meet the people I'm meeting now that I have on LinkedIn. Um, simply because LinkedIn is significantly more accessible. So if I like your post, all of my connections will, will, will see that mm. and you get access to my connections, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that's just it's just how it works. And it's, and it's an incredible platform to meet new people. So yeah, I definitely echo what you'd say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you've given a short insight there into how you can kind of go about, I guess, growing your network in terms of sharing it with other people and getting access to others. So how did you go about from, you know, trying to recruit individuals on, on the platform and just generally starting out from there through to making content today? What's the sort of um, process you've gone through in terms of, is it trial and error or just kind of thinking about your audience? What's the kind of process behind your, your thought making
1: there? Yeah. So like my process and my strategy, I mean, it's um, kind of crazy because I I don't post too regularly on LinkedIn. I try mm. to just a couple like, once every couple of weeks and I try to make that post significant, but, um, it, it's crazy because like I said, a few of my posts have 70 to hundred thousand views and mm. I've realized that there is a certain way to create posts, you mm-hmm. know, for people to like your content. And that way is just you being unique because if you become, if you remain unique, there's only one of you, right. And people are going to like you for who you are mm. and, um, that's literally the goal is to be as unique as possible and to create as, u- as uh, the most unique content you can so to relate that back to myself um when i create content i try to link it back to people who can relate to me so, mm-hmm. so i come from a single parent family so- lower socioeconomic background i studied at a a um, comprehensive state school in a in a incredibly disadvantaged area in the outskirts of london so when i make posts i try to target them because there are some high flyers and shining stars in these areas with these backgrounds who want to become corporate lawyers or who want to become mm. more confident and, um, me remaining unique and giving content that I would have loved to have seen a couple of years ago has allowed me to actually fill in a gap, which, um, definitely needs to be filled. So, um, mm. it's, it's definitely that element of, um, of uniqueness. It's, um, I, I love, I love the quote, um, however, you can definitely agree with this, it's, um, <laughs> it's become what you wish you had. Right?
0: Yeah. But yeah. like
1: It's such a powerful quote, and um, it's it's something that definitely needs to be promoted in the legal industry. And um, you know, students have to be represented in many different ways. So um, I guess I just grew my content to relate it back to your question by becoming what I wish I had. And yeah. um, it's that journey, and I still feel like I have so much more to do. But um, as I post more content, I just hope it helps more people, and that's just basically how it is for me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. It's such an admirable cause as well, man. And I, I really kind of link, uh, <laughs> pardon the pun, link in with what you're we saying. Um, <laughs> love that, love it, that. It wasn't even intentional, it was just coming out of my mouth. Um, oh,
1: natural, love it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but in it all seriousness, the idea that, you know you, you're kind of sharing your story and you're sharing your journey on there. And I know that sure. I yeah. think some people tend to think that if you're going to create content, either on LinkedIn or any other kind of platform, that you have to have this kind of really specialist knowledge about a certain area. but. In all honesty, you know, when I first started out with my content, I was just talking about my rejections. And it was a, it was more the idea that it's a commonality that I think doesn't get spoken about enough for sure, uh, in for the sure. whole process. And, you know, there wasn't any real kind of specialism behind that. Um, yeah. And that's kind of where I've gone today. So, you know, uh, I assume as a f- fellow future trainee, you've been there before with the rejections and kind of having to overcome those sort of harder times. What's your advice to students who are going through the process, getting rejected and I guess feeling that there's, there's no end in sight as to where they are.
1: Uh mate, I can't relate. I've, I've just passed everything in life, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, honestly, rejections are just inevitable. Like mm. it's, the way I see it is, well, for me personally, I, I've only applied in one academic cycle for mm-hmm. um, back schemes and TCS. So I'm in my third year now with the LSE, but, um, during my second year, I just applied then. But, um, like I said, i got two vac schemes and one training, which I of. but before that probably mm. six or seven rejections, mm. it was, you know, it was just coming, just coming through the window. I just had to close the window. I just couldn't close it, but um, it was just, it was just <laughs> flying through. And, um, the advice I would honestly give is I say this quite a bit on my, on my LinkedIn and it's a really good mentality and philosophy to, to instill in your own life, but it's, it's to not focus on anyone else because everyone has a different timeline and just to quickly explain that um, I'm not sure if you saw my post but it's like Harry for example me and you we now we are existing in the same time right Mm -hmm. now in this moment but um we we have different timelines there are different things happening on these timelines and let's just give give an example of two people there's person A and there's person B person A gets three vacation scheme offers person B gets zero but the next year person A, who was successful and posted all their successes and everyone loved that person, sadly couldn't convert any of those vaccines schemes into training contract offers. Mm. But person B, who got no uh, vaccines, schemes, now has a training contract offer because they worked on the feedback they received, they were motivated from their rejections, and they're just a motivated individual. And what you can see now is that even though person A had a slight advantage in the beginning and everyone thought they were going to be successful, in the end, person B was the one who got the training contract offer first because they both have different timelines. You know, it's just how it works. So, one advice I would give is please do not misconstrue the understanding of time. It's, you know, everyone has a different timeline. You are going to see people on your LinkedIn share their successes. You know, mm. I'd like to, I'm delighted to announce that I have been, <laughs> I've achieved <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this and that, right? It's crazy. But, um, please understand that that person may not convert that back into a training contract. And if they do, it doesn't mean that you can't. (laughs) So it's just, I feel like it's so important to understand that we all are existing in different timelines.
0: Yeah. Kind of touched on it there, but social media can so easily exacerbate that kind of feeling Crazy. imposter syndrome because, you know, and understandably, people share their successes and they talk about, you know, things that they've done because they want to share the good news, especially on a platform like LinkedIn. Yeah. But you have to, you have to recognize the fact that that's not the real picture and that, you know, even behind those sort of successes and stages that they've got to, there were these rejections and they, that journey beforehand. And yeah. Like you say, you know, I, I think a lot of students kind of focus on the training contract as being, you know, the, the offer or the thing to get. And then it's, oh, okay, the hard work's off but you know then you've got the lpc to contend with you've got the actual training contract is no joke at all and then you know i think what the, the thing i try to tell students is you know, don't just focus in terms of i need to get this vacation scheme or training contracts like i want to practice as a lawyer that's the kind of mindset you need to have you need For to be sure. thinking beyond that initial tc offering things yeah So a lot of a lot of this episode we've talked about kind of LinkedIn and the platform, but um, you know we're both we're both future trainees. We've both been through the training contract process, um, and obviously you're hugely successful with the fact that you got your two vacation schemes and an offer as well. So you know right. you've been through that process, and you know that a lot of students listening will have questions that I guess it's tough for them to find the answers to. What were the kind of like common pitfalls and the misconceptions and mistakes that you made? You wish you could have I guess learned from earlier so that you wouldn't have had to to make them in the process.
1: It's kind of a cliche because it's repeated so much, but it's a cliche because it's somewhat true. So mm-hmm. the, um, the argument that you need to really, really personalize each application, mm-hmm. um, you know how important it is, right? Like you probably apply to a few places and mm-hmm. just copy and pasting doesn't help. Yeah, so, um, it's sometimes I read applications, you know, when I have time. Um, and one thing I, I check is that people just copy and paste information because they believe that law firms are just the same. And, um, you know, if you advise a business and if you have clients, then you're just the same, right? But it's not mm-hmm. true because there are differences in relation to practice area strength, the awards that firms have, the deals mm-hmm. that they do, um, you know, their the CSR initiatives, what pro bono do they do? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, their training contract, do they have secondments? Are they clients secondments? Are they guaranteed international secondments? Why, why do you want a secondment? You know, th- there are so many questions that you need to ask yourself, and you need to be aware of So, So um, that's one piece of advice I would have, and it's probably the, main, the most important piece of advice, it's to spend multiple days, potentially weeks, researching each firm, the deals they do, and specific information about each firm, and then personalize it on the application form. Um, if you don't do this, and if you copy and paste answers, then you're, you're setting yourself up to fail, honestly. Mm.
0: I can only speak from experience on that because that's the exact approach I had in my first round. Me too, um, me too. You know, it just doesn't work, does it? Because, you know, it, it doesn't work out. And if a firm can change the name of, you know, their firm on the application and send it their competitor and it works just as well, then it's not specific enough and you haven't really understood what the firm's all about and how they're trying to differentiate it. So the research stage is absolutely one of the most important kind of steps in the process. So... When it came right, to researching yeah. firms, what was your kind of sources of information? Was it, the okay, you talked a bit about open days in the past, but was it Google? What was your kind of method, I guess, for wanting to learn about a firm and what they're all about?
1: So, yeah, pretty much Google, to be honest. So um, there, is, there are tons of, you know, free information out there. So Legal Cheek is one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, take everything with a pinch of salt when you can. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, Chamber Students is fantastic. Uh, it's probably less. Um, aesthetically attractive because it's just bulky paragraphs, but they've, Mm -hmm. if you're really, really motivated about getting a training contract, you'll read through it anyways. Um, so definitely read through those paragraphs. Um, and the website of the firms themselves, you know, if you want to know what deals firms are doing, what better place to find the deals from other than the firm itself? Like they, mm-hmm. each firm, if you look at Baker, McKenzie, White & Case, whatever, there's going to be a news section or recent deals or our deals. Look through them. And once you have the deal name, then you can go onto secondary sources on Google and just find more information about them. Um, but it's good to start from the firm itself, I believe
0: yeah absolutely and you made a really good point there as well about talking about how you know you get these bulky paragraphs but they're full of information and one of the things that i did in my final round of applications that really helped me was to actually go through firms annual reports so these huge documents which yeah. are kind of full of information but um they're actually really useful and a great way to find out more about what the firm's about and their mission statement and everything like that so yeah for um, sure, some for great sure. tips there for uh, for research in the firm um so now yeah. i guess looking forward to you you're in your final year of lse you've got the lpc to come and the kind of training contract on the way where's your kind of head at with regards to your plans for the future with yeah. regards to your content and uh, any idea of practice areas all that kind of stuff it's too early to tell?
1: Uh <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think back to the answers I would give in the interviews. So. <laughs> yeah, I've got it in front of me. <laughs> Let me find my notes. Let me find my notes. <laughs> um, oh, mate, you forgot to mention the GDL as well, man. Oh, oh, that, oh. that too. God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Honestly, the thing is, I, I, if I'm absolutely honest and I, I'm quite trans- transparent about this as well, but um the the training contract to me is just and just another piece of the of, of the puzzle for me right um mm-hmm. i'm not sure if i'm if i'm going to be a lawyer 100 years down the line but mm-hmm. um what i do know is that training and starting at a top law firm is probably one of the best things you can do for a corporate career and mm-hmm. um if you find a firm which really suits you culturally like i i do i genuinely believe that white case is probably the best firm for me personally um mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to start there, so I'm happy. I'm happy that I got the training contract, and I'm one thing I'm doing for the for the future is I'm trying to network more with future trainees from White and & Case and try and find more lawyers from there so I can just ask them what they've done to to excel within the first few years of working at that firm. Um, but I'm not not only limiting it to White & Case but other firms as well. I'm trying to just network with multiple lawyers from from different firms. But um, for now, alongside doing that, which I'm using LinkedIn for, <laughs> yep. um, alongside that, I'm just trying to head, you know, pff, focus on my third year of uni, finish LSE, you know, this whole coronavirus stuff is crazy. They're changing my exam, <laughs> make my yeah, graduation can is canceled. So oh,
0: no, no. yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, you know, it's just trying to, trying to adapt to this new environment. Um, exams are changing, so I won't be able to do them in the halls. I'll have to take them home. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, networking, focusing on my exams. And just taking opportunities to help people whenever I can, to be honest. That's just um, what I'm going to be doing for the next few years.
0: That's awesome. And I hope the uh, the whole coronavirus thing dies down by the time the LPC rolls around. Because oh, uh, trust you, me, man. that's that's enough with the GDL as well. When you play, you don't need that on top of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure, man.
1: For sure. I hope for you, man. Yeah, oh, that's God.
0: awesome. Um, best of luck with all of it. I think it's absolutely fantastic what you're doing. And it sounds like you're going to make a, a great commercial lawyer when you get there. So, um,
1: oh, Thanks, man. For those
0: you for those people who are wanting to learn more about you and to hear from all your content and your advice, where can people go to learn more about you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I've got my LinkedIn, Ali Obeyed, just go on my post, go on my um, account, sorry, connect with me and scroll through my posts. I've got dozens of content about, you know, the commercial field, my experiences in university, etc. Um, but I also post content on YouTube. So yeah. I have an account called The Fleet Talks. Uh, don't ask me why I've made that name. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, definitely check that one out. And I've got tons of content on my experiences at university. I've got exam advice and tips on how to study and um, tips on how to get vaccines schemes in training contracts. So the Fleet Talks on YouTube and Ali Obeyed on LinkedIn. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. I'm sure listeners will find it really, really useful. Thanks so much for coming on the show. It was a really, really insightful to chat with you. Thanks so much. You too, man. Thanks for having me. Take Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the More From Law podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to support the show, please share it with your network and leave a review on the iTunes store. It's really appreciated. If you want to stay up to date on the show, follow and subscribe to the More From Law podcast on your podcast platform of choice, or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at the profile Harry Clark Law. See you in the next episode.